Welcome to the Automotive Diagnostic Podcast. We're going to explore ways to sharpen our diagnostic skills, find learning resources, and hear from experts in the automotive field. What's up, automotive world? This is the Automotive Diagnostic Podcast. My name is Sean Tipping. I will be your host today. Thank you so much for listening. Today, I have a special guest on that we're going to chat with. His name is Brandon Dills. He's the owner of Jarhead Diagnostics, and we're going to talk all about what he's got going on with his company, Going Mobile, and I'm really excited to get into the interview, so let's jump right in. Yeah, I just wanted to say thanks for uh, chatting with me today. Uh, thanks for asking, anyways. I mean, that's it was kind of off, caught me off guard, so. Yeah, well, it's hey, this is why uh, this is why I did this so that you know I could talk to people out there in the field that I probably wouldn't have a chance to meet otherwise, unless maybe at a training event or something like that. Yes, sir. So let's start out. I just want to have you introduce yourself a little bit and uh, just, just tell everybody a little bit about you. Uh, Brandon Dills, a um, Marine Corps veteran, and then. After I got out of the Marines, I went into automotive field, and since then, I mean, it's pretty much all I've done. Um, I master certified ASC, master certified Kia, master certified Hyundai. So, and then probably about a year, right about a year ago, I, that's whenever I started uh, Jarhead Diagnostics, and now hoping to take that full time here shortly. Yeah, yeah. I wanted to. Uh, you were saying that uh, working on going mobile with that—that's that's awesome. Yes, sir. It's a, it's a big transition uh, uh, to do that. Yeah, I, I could tell. Uh, yesterday, actually, I went out and I um, kind of networked with about twelve different shops, just kind of locally, just to kind of get some fillers out there, and we're gonna go from there. Okay. So yeah, I I definitely wanted to talk to you about uh, Jarhead Diagnostics, the the company that you own you guys make all kinds of different diagnostic equipment. I was going through the whole list of stuff and the, uh, the pulse sensors obviously were one of them. Uh, you guys have a WPS case for the yes, transducer, the Pico cells. Um, and you got a few other things as well. Uh, you tell us, t- you can just start with a pulse sensor if you want. Uh, I'd just like to hear about, um, we I just talked to Cody recently on his pulse sensor. Is this yes, sir. pretty pretty much the the same uh, same type of sensor operates in the same way? Yeah, it, I mean it's going to do pretty much what his does. Um, the way that kind of came about, actually, the way all this came about, it started with the pulse sensor. Um, I bought my Pico about a year and a half ago, and then after I bought the Pico, I bought the the Cinex first look sensor at the same time, and then I was like, well, you know, I might want to do more than one capture at the same time, so kind of started messing around and I made my first pole sensor and it was like, uh, I just posted on one of the Facebook pages like, Hey, check out what I just did. Just kind of excited about making something. And then got somebody asked me to buy one and then one went to two, two went to 10 and it's just kind of spiraled out of control since then. Nice. You make those with what, like a 3d printer or how do you actually make the housing? Uh, the very first few that are few, probably the, bunch that I made at first was PVC uh, piping and then around December time frame well actually around 
November, December, we bought a 3D printer and uh, my wife, she kind of stepped up as the CAD designer because she's better at some of that stuff than me. And she, uh, with my ideas and her doing the CAD stuff, she designed the first pulse sensor out of 3D. And then I played with that one kind of behind the scenes for about a month, just trying to see if it would hold up, you know, cause it is 3d printed, you know, compared to other stuff. And, uh, then in January 1st, I think I sold the first 3d printed one. And then I actually just here recently about a month ago, I redesigned it to kind of give it a little bit better appeal to it. So. Okay. What, uh, what did you change about it? Um, the type of sensor that I use in it and then, uh, just how the internals of it work just to kind of give it a little bit better, like voltage scaling. Cause my other one, I mean, I, I compared it to some of the other ones and, and it, the waveforms look really good. I just, mine always had a lower voltage. And so I figured just try and redesign a little bit to get a higher voltage reading out of it. Yeah. Using these sensors, it's actually uh, kind of impressive how much voltage they produce out of the little, yes, sir. Uh, little piezo. I, first time I saw it, you know, it went off the scale on my scope. I was like, Oh, that's, that's actually pretty impressive. The amount of energy one of those things can develop from some vibrations. Yeah, it was actually kind of crazy. Um, last, uh, this past Tuesday or Wednesday, I had mine, I was checking a wheel bearing and I was using it for the vibrations on the wheel bearing. And I just had it sitting on my roll car and I was lifting the lift and the locks on the lift, every time it smacked the locks, you could watch on my Pico, the, the voltage jump from 15 feet away of a, it was just, it was crazy. Yeah. Incredibly sensitive. Uh, so, uh, the, the amount of things that we can, we can check with these. It's pretty, pretty cool. Um, yes, sir. You can really get creative with them. Tell me about the uh, WPS case that you have as well. Well, it's about three or four months ago, I, I bought a WPS. And as you know, those aren't a cheap thing at all. And, no. uh, <laughs> so I was just trying to put something around it to kind of help out with bumps and everything. And uh, auto nerds, they have their little rubber bumpers. But the only way to get those is you have to buy your WPS from Auto Nerds. And so I was just trying to figure out something that other people could buy versus having to buy strictly from Auto Nerds. So that's whenever my wife stepped up again and through a lot of trial and error of trying to get the measurements down and everything, we got the WPS case. So Awesome. Yeah, it's something like that. You definitely want to uh, protect it. And uh, yeah, I'd, I'd probably be the one to to drop mine. So having a case would be a good idea. Yes, sir. A um, couple other things. I was just going through all the different uh, products that I saw on your Facebook page. You got a five volt reference box as well. Yeah. Uh, before I got the WPS, this was shortly after I got my Pico. I wanted to try and do some in cylinders, just playing around and everything. And Actually, Cody, um, I was chatting with him kind of back and forth, and he showed me he had a setup to where it was uh, his 5-volt box was designated just for running his transducer. And I was like, well, that's pretty sweet. So we kind of talked back and forth, and I made one. But whenever I made mine, I kind of changed the design a little bit. His ran off the car battery. I used the internal battery on mine. And then I think his, um, you could, it only had the plug-in for the transducer, and then I put bananas on mine. Because I figured, you know, with it being a 5-volt box, yeah, I'm using it for the transducer. But if I had a 5-volt reference issue, then I could also use that to kind of help out my 5-volt reference testing. And just kind of like the pole sensor, I made the first one. 
post on Facebook page like, Hey, you know, I'm just excited. I made this and one sold then two sold. And then it just kind of spiraled out of control from there as well. So, so you can actually take that five volts and send it out onto a circuit on the vehicle if you needed to. Yes, sir. Um, and then, um, one of my buddies, Daryl, I was kind of talking with him cause I was having issues. I was wanting to test a cam sensor and I couldn't figure out what the heck was going on and everything. And him and I kind of shot ideas back and forth and I made a different lead that goes with it. Um, for pull down, it'll current limit the, the voltage or current limit the power going into the signal wire. And I can actually check cam sensors with it now. So like you could plug it up, like unplug a cam sensor, plug it in the five volt box and turn on the engine, let it run. You can actually watch it. I've, use that same setup for like checking ABS sensors and everything. So. so you're eliminating the rest of the circuit and just seeing if the, the sensor itself is functioning. Yes, sir. All right. Yeah, definitely, definitely some uses for that as well. Uh, no, I, all this stuff is so cool. You guys really impressed me that you're making your own tools. I've never, never really done anything like that, but just to, you know, come up with an idea or, or a purpose for something and then decide, Hey, I'm, I'm going to make that. I'm going to create that. That's, that's awesome. I, I, I really enjoy that. So it's cool what you guys are doing. Anything, any other products or things that you're making or maybe some stuff that's in the works? For- um, I mean, I make a bunch of different leads. People like my leads, just the way I make them and everything. And uh, then like, I, I know you've talked a lot about it in your podcast, your test light for, you know, uh, for for load testing or load there you go load test and that so I make one of those and sell them. Um, I've seen those. Uh, I've seen the leads, the custom leads that you make. Uh, it's they've got like a braided covering on them. Yes, sir. Uh, I, same thing. I needed a set one time. Made it. Hey, I was just bored today. Made these leads, and then same thing kind of took over. Um, but as far as like kind of in the future for Jarhead. Um, Warwick Test Industries. They're um, based out of UK, kind of a big equipment or a big company out there. They messaged me, asked if they could carry my sensor. So we kind of talked back and forth. So they're going to start carrying my sensors in the UK. And then I'm now carrying some of their equipment as well. So nice. That's awesome. (laughs) Yeah. It's just kind of one of those things. Just he uh, messaged me out of the blue. Um, One of the other items that I make is, um, a kit to be able to permanently mount your Pico inside of a, like a roll cart. So that way it's safe. And then it allows the leads to come out the front of the cart or side, however you want to do it. And uh, he messaged me about that, talking to me. And then he asked if he could carry some of my products. And so that's where that went. So now not only am I selling here, but he's also selling my stuff in the UK for me. So. Fantastic. So that's, so you could have your, your, the actual Pico scope permanently fixed and then the, the cables or the, the leads would actually attach the outside of the cart. Is that what? Yes, sir. Okay. Yeah. It's a 3d printed bracket um, that you would actually cut a hole in front of your cart. You would mount it, but since it's plastic, it allows it not to have uh, like a crossover of your grounds. And then each um, each one is going to come with a color disc to kind of sin- signify which channel you're on, and then it comes with um, four six inch leads to just hook into the back of your that to go to your Pico. Nice. Um, 
Yeah, I was, uh, I, again, I was going through your, the Facebook page and I, I saw you guys t-shirts that you have. You're wearing one right yes, now. Sir. Uh, people on the podcast can't see that, but, um, <laughs> I, I liked the, I liked the design on the back. It's a, um, it's an illustration of Ohm's law and yes, sir. Uh, some little, uh, characters pushing uh pushing the amperage through the pipe and everything and I, that was that was funny and it, it reminded me of uh, i i was this is a few years back i was out at a uh, at a bar with my wife we were getting some dinner and i ran to the bathroom and i'm standing there doing my thing and typical bar style bathroom people right all over uh, the stall walls and on the walls with marker, they scratch stuff in just the, the graffiti, if you will. And usually it's something offensive or I don't know, maybe somebody's phone number or something like that. Uh, stuff you'd typically see in that style of a bathroom. And I, I'm looking and in the middle of all this, somebody wrote down E equals I times R in, in marker right above this urinal. And I, <laughs> I just started laughing because I, I mean, not everybody's going to get why that's there and why they decided to write that in, in that stall. I have no idea, but I got a good chuckle out of that. And I, I like to share that with my students when we're talking about that. <laughs> if you're ever at this, uh, ever at this bar, check out the, uh, the Ohm's law that somebody wrote down above the urinal. So, uh, um, so currently, uh, are you working at a Chrysler dealership? No, uh, I I left Chrysler probably about four months ago, and I'm oh, okay. a, I'm at a AAA um, as their lead diagnostic tech for AAA car care. How's uh, how's workflow been for you with uh, the quarantine and everything? Uh, the First probably month, it was horrible. Um, luckily, I, I was on a uh, guarantee. That was part of my pay plan whenever I started. And um, so that's kind of helped me over. And then they furloughed pretty much everybody in the shop, um, almost all of our advisors and half of the people in the shop itself. And then after they furloughed everybody, it kind of picked up just, you know, less people, more work. So, and then about a week ago, it, it kind of slowed back down, but it's, it's better than what it was. I can tell you that. So, yeah, it's been as a whole starting to ramp up around here. Our stay at home order is lifted uh, tomorrow actually. And so I got to imagine uh, it'll get better from here on out, but yeah, it was, it was rough there for a little while as far as the workflow goes. And yeah, it's a similar scenario. I saw at a lot of shops where they'd lay off, techs or upfront people or whatever. And then they actually kind of got slammed because yeah, they didn't have enough people to do the work that was coming in. It's, it's such a strange, strange time, but that's yes, good to sir. hear you're on a guarantee. That's, that's nice that they're, they're taking care of their employees that way. Oh yeah. Actually, I mean, as a company as a whole, um, like my pay plan had a guarantee from the get go whenever I started, but, um, whenever North Carolina shut down, um, I guess end of March, they, uh, AAA came forward as far as the AAA Carolinas and they put everybody a guarantee. Every single tech had a guarantee. It was 90% of whatever their pay was for the previous nine month or previous quarter, 90 days. They put them at a 90% guarantee on that. So, wow. Yeah, that's, uh, definitely, definitely not the case for all the shops out there. Yeah, I wanted to talk to you 
going uh, going mobile, you were talking about doing that as well. And like I mentioned before, yeah, big big transition. What? Yeah, what's your what's your target audience? Uh, are you are you just hitting up other shops? Are you going for body shops? Um, trying to tackle anything? Staying on the domestic side, European? What's what's your approach approach with that up front? Um, I, I'm kind of in the mindset of whenever you're first trying to get your name out there, trying not to turn down anything. So um, I I don't know if I'm going to go a whole lot towards body shop just because I don't have ADOS equipment and I know I I know how places are you might they'll call you and be like hey can you do this well no i can't do it and then they'll never call you back because you couldn't do the one job so um eventually i'd like to go into body shop once i kind of get my name out there money coming in get some ados equipment but uh right now it's mostly just different shops uh I've, we got about four different chain shops between you know like firestone Pre- precision tune all that i went and talked to a bunch of those a um, bunch of independent shops just kind of put my name out there we'll see how it goes. Yeah. It's, I think that's a lot of the time, the toughest part is getting your foot in the door. Uh, I mean, obviously the cars can be difficult too, but once you're, you know, once you're in there and you show them what you can do or you, you help them out in some way, um, most, most of the time, yeah, they're just, they're going to keep calling you and they're, they're happy to see you. I'd say 90% of the time there's, there's an occasional where the, the technicians in the shop might not be so happy that you're in there, uh, you know, doing their job. But a lot of the time, honestly, these, these techs and especially the shop manager, shop owners are, are happy to see you. And they're, they just here, here's the car, figure it out for me so we can keep making money. Um, so once, once you're, you know, established, you got a good rapport with those shops. Uh, it's, it's really fun. I, I, I love it. I love, you know, going in and, and working through these problems. You see really interesting stuff. I think that's the, the coolest part about it. And people like me and you, you know, that's, that's why I'm doing this. I want, I want to, I want to see those challenges. I want to see the interesting things that maybe I wouldn't just working, you know, every day in a normal shop. Yeah, that's, uh, that was kind of a big change in my career. Um, whenever I got in the Marines, my first automotive job was at Firestone. I was there for about a year and then, um, left Firestone and went to dealership life. And I was at, um, Toyota for about a year and a half, um, about six years with Kia and Honda mixed together. And then I was, I was only at Chrysler for a couple of months. It just Chrysler really wasn't my thing <laughs> at the dealership level anyways. But, um, after I left Kia and Hyundai, um, I went independent and I was independent for about a year and a half. And that was the change of pace I needed because just dealership life kind of sucks after a while and repetitive pattern failures. Why are you diagnosing that? You already know what it needs. And just, so the independent life kind of helped out a lot with that. And there's a right place for everybody. You know, some, some techs really love that the, the dealer life and then, other people don't. And yeah, I, I actually did a small stint with Toyota as well. And yeah, it was, very, it was very boring, very monotonous, kind of the same thing every day. And the independent side of things, even just at a shop, being a tech, you get to see something a little different every day. It's never exactly the same thing. Sure, there's still pattern failures and stuff, but you get to, you get to mix it up. And uh, you know, again, it's everybody's got their own you know, ideas of what a great job is, but I, that's what I like. I, I like something a little bit different every day. Yes, sir. That's, that's me. I mean, I, 
I don't know. I guess like whenever I was in the Marine Corps, it was like literally the same thing every day. I mean, I was aviation. So it was like every day I'd go in, I'd work on the same thing, same pattern failures, just, and then now that's why I kind of like being able to just have something to work, something different every single day. So, yeah. So you were doing mechanical work while you were in the military as well. Yes, sir. I, I worked on uh, the, the Harriers, the little hovering jump jets, um, did three deployments in the Marine Corps. And then, uh, with them, um, my specialty was ejection seats. I worked on the ejection seats, the canopy systems, and then, uh, cabin cooling defog and, uh, and equipment cooling for like all the avionics equipment. So I've been kind of turning wrenches for way too long now. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's, yeah, that, that's really cool. And Hey, um, I, just want to thank you for your service too. I got a big respect for all military uh, members. That's, it's really impressive serving your country like that. So thank, thank you for that. Uh, it was my pleasure. I mean, I, it's something I wanted to do ever since I was a little kid. So it's, it is what it is. All right. And, and explains the name of your company too. <laughs> yes, sir. <laughs> so if there's anybody out there that's interested in any of your products, how can they find you or contact you if they wanted to buy uh, one of these pulse sensors or cases or custom leads? Um, right now, I'd say 90% of my stuff is coming off of uh, Facebook. Um, did a little bit off of Instagram. Um, if they're in the UK, you can contact Warwick Industries and they'll be able to help you out as well. But right now, mostly 90% of it's coming off of Facebook. So find my Facebook page at Jarhead Diagnostics and I'll be able to help you out. Cool. And I'll put a link uh, to that in the show notes as well for anybody that wants to check that out and uh, see, see what they've got. So any, uh, any recent vehicles, case studies, anything really uh, interesting or uh, something that uh, comes to mind that you've uh, worked on recently worth, worth noting? Um, I got two kind of, I guess, funny ones. Uh, one of them was a Chevy uh, express 3500 the headlights would constantly flash and after messing around with it and everything kind of find out the uh, daytime running light module was just constantly flashing the ground instead of saying steady ground and then uh, I had a I think it was an older Avalon it was uh, the it would constantly activate all the relays on the panel under the hood just constantly you'd hear them click on off on off no matter what was going on engine off and come to find out the pcm had been set in water and just wrecked havoc so i could like use my test light and bypass everything and get everything go away and that ended up being needing a pcm for that so okay was it full of the green crusties or oh yeah um i, I picked that as i went to pick because it was one of the ones where the the pcm was under the carpet on the passenger floorboard as soon as I picked uh, it up, the, the carpet was soaking wet. I mean, it was, and then another one of their complaints was their uh, sunroof is leaking. So you kind of, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Put two and two together. That'll, that'll do it. Yeah. I tell you, oh, this is water intrusions. Uh, you know, once you spot it, you know what's going on, but man, that causes some weird issues on a lot of vehicles. Yeah. It makes you, sometimes you'll chase your tail. So. Yeah, before you realize that that's what's going on, uh, maybe if it had dried up or or whatever, but um, 
yeah, it's it, it's just it messes everything up on a car, especially with control. When you get control modules involved, sitting in water is going to be trouble. <laughs> yes, sir. Um, do you have any recommendations for anybody that's listening? Now, this could be a uh, tool of some sort. Uh, this could be a resource or maybe training, anything like that. I like to ask anybody that comes on the podcast just to share any recommendation they might have for somebody that's listening because I, I want to provide as many resources for people as possible. Um, I'm a firm believer the best tool that you have is in between both your ears. So um, any type of training that you can get, even if it's YouTube like uh, Super Mario Diagnostics or PJ with voltage drop, Cody with Cody's auto diagnostics or um, train by techs are really good as well. If you, if all you can, if you can't afford to go to any actual training or even if, I mean, uh, I know for us, like O'Reilly's here, they usually have some pretty good training. Just get into any type of training that you can. That's the, that's going to be the best source of anything you can help out with your career. Yeah, and uh, Train by Tex has a calendar up for all of the uh, webinars that have been going on recently. You checked out any of the the free webinars? That it seems like every single day <laughs> there's one to watch. Yeah, the I went off of uh, World Pack. I did their um, Pulse Width Modulating class the other night. Um, it was like a week ago or so, and then uh, I did um, the uh, world pack as well. When Bernie did his, uh, in cylinder pressure transducer class. So. Yeah. You gotta, uh, you gotta watch that one a couple times to catch all the knowledge that he drops and you're listening to Bernie. <laughs> he kind of, kind of starts out slow and basic. And then all of a sudden there's just things flying at you. are like, okay, hold on. I got to rewind that. <laughs> well, I'll listen to him say that again. It, it's funny. Um, cause I went to ASTE last year, which is, um, in North Carolina, it's a big training event. And they had Bernie there for his pressure transducer class or, um, and the class was, is like three and a half, four hours long. And he told us at the very beginning, he was like, this class is not a three to four hour class. He's like, if you guys want to stay through your lunch, stay. But yeah, he, the amount that comes out of his mouth, it's just, it's insane what one person knows. Yeah. You know, some of the videos I'll watch on YouTube, like, you know, one and a half speed sometimes. I'm just like, all right, I'll, I'll pick this up a little bit and try to stick with it. And there's no way I could do that with his videos. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> maybe, maybe slow it down. Maybe I should try that. That would be helpful. Yeah. For, for his age, he's, he's getting it. So. Yeah, definitely. Okay. Awesome. Well, yeah. just want to say hey, thanks again for coming on. I really appreciate it. Yes, sir. Um, I just wanted to throw one thing out there. Um, the offer that I gave you for those pulse sensors for your school, um, I'd like to put that out there. Um, if any instructor, as far as like a post-secondary school, if they want to try and get some pulse sensors for their training, please feel free to message me and I'll try and get you set up with at least a few so that way their students can learn as well. So, Yeah, it, uh, yeah that was very generous of you. So yeah, as most of you probably know listening, I, I'm an instructor for a local community college for the automotive program. And Brandon offered to uh, donate some sensors for us to use the, some of the pulse sensors so that we can uh, build that into our curriculum. And we do some scope work with the second year students. So that would be, that'd be a great addition. So yeah, thank you for that. That's, that's huge. Uh, you know, showing these, these students 
the the stuff that's out there, stuff that can be used, because um, otherwise they they might not be exposed to that, uh, you know, unless they seek out the training. But you know, I I know I went a long time before I knew any of this stuff existed. So if we can <laughs> we can at least show them what's out there in, in school. Um, it'll make a big difference. Maybe they won't use it right away. You know, maybe it takes a few years for them to get to that level, but at least they know, uh, you know, what, what is possible, what they, they can use. So really cool. Yeah. Thank you for that. And, uh, uh, that's, that's awesome that you're doing that. I'm just trying to get back. I mean, it, as much as like people like you do with your training and everything and trying to bring up the younger techs and anything I can do to kind of help out speed their process along and get them to where they need to be. Then I'm willing to do that. So, okay. That's it for the interview. Hey, thank you everybody for tuning in and checking this out. Make sure to check out the show notes for links to everything that we talked about, including where to find the products that Brandon sells. And then also links to the website and the Facebook group. If you haven't joined the Facebook group, check that out. Also, one other thing, uh, if you're enjoying the podcast, uh, if you do me a favor and just uh, throw the show a rating or a review, uh, that uh, would mean a lot to me. Really appreciate it. So thanks again for listening and have a great day.